which is a full-length comedy special. I'm running out of fingers here. Stop, stop, stop. Toes. <laughs> Welcome to Electric Enthusiasm, the podcast where we celebrate unironic enthusiasm. I stole this whole bit from today's topic, Katie Cobalt. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I'm Alexander Kyov. And the only thing I know about Mattel is that they make toys like Barbie and stuff. So yeah, new yes. topic for me. I'm excited. That is very true, and I am glad to see you are excited. But before we get too excited, we need to know, how does this podcast work? <laughs> Here's how it goes. And then we have the moment of metal, where we nerd out about enthusiasm and talk about why it matters and how you can live a more enthusiastic life. Because we think the world needs more enthusiasm, and you should share your enthusiasm with us on our website, electricenthusiasm.com or our Instagram, at Electric Enthusiasm. Tell us what you're excited about these days. You can even plain old send us an email at hello at electricenthusiasm.com. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie, we did a last minute topic change. We we're supposed to talk about the Sandman, the new TV show. But I switched it up. But you switched it up, which is awesome because then I can actually watch the show before we talk about it. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about Trixie Mattel, which is something that I feel like I've spoken to you about that a couple of times before, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you remember about Miss Mattel? So you sent me clips of the Un show. Is that? I have. Yeah. Yes, that uh, one. With two drag queens being hilarious. <laughs> and Trixie, is she the one with the massive eyelashes? Like, huge? Yeah, yes. the crazy, the crazy looking one. And the other one is... The one that Patricia thinks looks like an actress from Denmark. Yes. The other one is called Katya. Katya, yeah. There it is. <laughs> so Trixie Mattel, not related to the Mattel toy line. Has she been sued by Mattel yet? Luckily, not yet. Okay. She was legit concerned. But now they like her. They send her Barbie dolls. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. I have still yet never seen an episode of Drag Race. Uh, I've seen a few episodes of mm, their YouTube show, but not a single episode of, of Drag Race yet. So I am very much a noob to this whole topic and to and to Trixie Mattel. Excellent. Mm. Well, as per usual, we like to start with facts first yes. here on the podcast. So Trixie Mattel is the stage name of Brian Michael Fergus, an American singer, actor, drag queen, and recognized skinny legend. <laughs> um, her words, not mine. Literally, I took that from her website. <laughs> Brian comes from truly humble beginnings. He's part Obidwe and comes from a Native American family in Krivitz, Wisconsin. He grew up extraordinarily poor, living out of trailers. His name comes from an abusive stepfather who would call him Trixie mm -hmm. when he acted too effeminate or, you know, showed signs that he was a gay man. And this inspired his drag name. If I'm going to be a Trixie, I'm going to be the biggest Trixie in the world. And as you clocked earlier, the last name comes from the obsession with Mattel Barbie dolls. Trixie owns a collection of Barbie dolls, which I imagine her house to be genuinely terrifying <laughs> because she has so many Barbies on the walls. <laughs> yeah. When he was 15 years old, he moved in with his grandparents. Mm -hmm. His grandfather was a country musician, and that's where he learned how to play the guitar, and also where he gets his like country roots from, which we will talk about soon. The global world first met Miss Trixie Mattel on season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race, which aired around about March 2015, where she did fine. <laughs> 
Let's go with fine. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of funny and she had that charisma, but she really didn't shine. Uh-huh. Like she didn't do good. It wasn't like it wasn't good. Let's be real. Okay. She really shone in her partnership with Katya Zamalochkova. <laughs> so the production company that makes Drag Race also has a YouTube channel where they have their own shows. And so the show called Fashion Photo Review, in which drag queens from the RuPaul Cinematic Universe rate the looks of other drag queens on the RuPaul Cinematic Universe. And that's where they were originally paired up as a guest hosts for that. And that episode did incredibly well. They were an immense duo. And that's when they got their show. Uh, And the series became one of the most successful shows on the Wow Presents YouTube channel. After that, she came back for season three of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars in 2018. And All-Star season is where previous contestants can come back and try again. Mm -hmm. Now, clearly, I love Miss Mattel. I'm a big fan of hers. I've seen her live, but she also did fine. (laughs) Like she won, but if there had been less drama and tomfoolery, she probably would have lost to somebody else like Ben de la Creme or Shangela, people you don't need to know about. (laughs) She did technically win. At this point, she is now a megastar in the drag world and also slowly becoming a megastar in the mainstream world. In 2019, she had a documentary come out. She started her own makeup company, Trixie Cosmetics. She released a comedy special. She released her fourth album. I think it was her fifth album this year that just came out. And honestly, as a fan of hers, it has been a joy to watch her build her empire. (laughs) Empire. We're going with empire. I I like it. So of all the drag queens in all of the world, (laughs) why this drag queen? Well, as drag queens go, I'd argue Trixie Mattel is probably the most famous bar RuPaul herself. Mm -hmm. She's done a really great job of building her brand and marketing her character. This isn't some deep cut. Liking Trixie Mattel isn't a cult thing. She's like pretty mainstream and easy to love. And I think that's why I wanted to start with her. Like I want to do a couple of like these focuses on awesome drag queens. And I feel like Trixie is an easy, easy woman to love. Because I'd argue she's possibly the most hardworking woman on the planet. (laughs) I have tried to make a list of all of the things that she has done that you could potentially be a fan of. Mm -hmm. Firstly, her music. She writes her own music and is actually like legit good. She has a podcast, The Bold and the Beautiful. She has her YouTube series with Katya called Uh. She has her own YouTube channel featuring makeup content, her attempt to cook with an Easy Bake Oven, and features other drag <laughs> with artists. A, a what, sorry? Easy Bake Oven. Yeah, like, a, like those toy <laughs> ovens with a light That's bulb. Hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. She has her own cosmetics com- company, Trixie Cosmetics. She has a documentary, the Moving Parts documentary. She has her own doll with Integrity Toys, which, nice connection to Electric Enthusiasm, that's the toy company that has a doll called Electric Enthusiasm. Oh, we talked about that one. So we talked about it. So she has a doll with them. <laughs> she has a show on the YouTube channel Still Watching Netflix uh-huh. called Queens Who Like to Watch with Katya. Uh-huh. She was on the judging panel for Queen of the Universe. She has Trixie Mattel, the one night only musical comedy special on her YouTube channel, which is a full length comedy special. I'm running out of fingers here. Stop, stop, stop. She has two separate books, both written with Katya. She has the Trixie Motel Discovery (laughs) Plus TV show in which her and her boyfriend buy a decrept motel in Palm Springs and fix it up because why not? She's done multiple tours by herself 
and also with Katya. And she is also the co-owner of This Is It, Wisconsin's oldest LGBTQIA plus bar. <laughs> and that's the, like, I'm pretty sure I missed stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Like, I She is literally the most hardworking woman on the planet. Yeah. Wow. And she does all of this as Trixie, none of this as Brian, was it Brian? Yes, Brian. Yep, this is all as Trixie. Wow. She has made her entire career as Trixie. Wow. I am thoroughly impressed. What a tornado. What a tornado. She's legitimately so impressive. Wow. Considering she grew up in a trailer in the middle of nowhere to like this level of everything. Uh It's so cool. That's amazing. Not to encourage the concept of the American dream, but like, come on. She did it in a wig and heels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Weird question. Has she done anything that you're not a huge fan of? Like something where you're like, eh. So I haven't seen Trixie Motel. Okay. And I haven't read the books. Okay. Mostly because I suspect the books are stupid. Okay. <laughs> They're like comedy books. Mm-hmm. Trixie and Katya's Guide to Modern Womanhood. So it's two drag queens writing about what it's like to be a woman, Yeah, which I imagine they do probably have some lovely insights and I'm sure they have some great stuff to say, but it's also probably a dumb comedy book. And so I'm not super interested. So the first thing I want to share with you is her music. Now, it is not unusual for a drag queen to put out music after going on Drag Race. Mm -hmm. It's a great way for them to earn a little extra coin for their fans to support them. But what is deeply unusual is for the music to be any fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) I would say like one out of every 20 queens can actually sing, write, play a musical instrument or hire a good music producer. But because Miss Mattel has been playing music since she was a child, her grandfather taught her how to play. She has those country music roots. Her stuff is like actually good. This is from her latest album, the Pink and Blonde albums, and it is also a really fun music video as well, as music videos go. We get to see her attempt to dance, which is always fun. That's just a good song. Uh, right? Yeah, it's, right? Yeah, yeah, it's punk, but not too punk great chorus great voice the dancing it's good that she has two pro dancers with her to show what it should have looked like i guess but i mean she's not she does it she's not a dancer but she tries and it's great i've seen her not dance previously so seeing her kind of dance now it's very exciting yeah and while (laughs) the video itself is kind of campy it's not only campy i feel like they're taking this seriously as well they're not just goofing off and doing whatever She took this seriously, is what I'm trying to say. This particular era of Trixie, she's going for a really strong 60s aesthetic and vibe. And so all the dancing is very 60s as well. The styling is very 60s. Also, did you notice that both the pro dancers are taller than her? I did not. They are, which is like, how? Because Brian, outside of drag, is 6'4". Whoa. So in drag, in heels and that wig, like these two dancers must be humongous. Yes, they must. They must be so intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) NBA players and and dancers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. That's a good song. It's just a good pop song. 
Love it. Right? Yeah. I love this song. I use this song as warm-ups in my classes, which is probably not ideal. <laughs> so I realize now I kind of lied to you a little bit. I said that this is all done as Trixie. But I'm going to send you a clip where Trixie's just Brian. Mm-hmm. So this is from one of her earlier albums. This is a song called Little Sister, and it kind of shows you her country roots. It's one of my favorite songs. And this particular version is the acoustic version they filmed in the studio. Tell me, little dear, if you only lived here, did you really ever live at all? You'd be amazed in the summer, all the days of the spring turn into fall. Just listen to your brother, you can run in the cover of the night sky when it falls. Know that you think that you're growing, but you're just tall. That's very country. It's very country. So uh, it was Brian with the guitar. So both the person with the guitar and the person with the... The mini harp or whatever that... I can't remember what this is called. I was going to say the harpsichord. I don't think it's called the harpsichord. It's also Brian. Brian's in Brian drag. Got it. That's hilarious. (laughs) You can see the country roots and the the lovely gooey soft sound. Mm -hmm. Also, that song makes my heart ache a little bit. It's a song that he wrote for his little sister trying to encourage her to go out and see the world because you know when you grow up in poverty you generally stay in poverty Mm -hmm. and it's rare for you to expand your world view it is fairly safe to say that you know where you grow up and the financial level you grow up in will pretty much determine a lot of your future unless you're very lucky as somebody posted on twitter are you ready for a future where you can determine somebody's income and education level from a genetic test on a baby and somebody say, we can determine all that already by the zip code they grow up in. Yeah. Yeah. That's safe to say. That is pretty much how it works, especially in America, right? Where upward social mobility has been limited very severely. It's interesting now that the American dream is way easier to achieve in places like Denmark, where we have much higher <laughs> so upward social mobility. Yeah. Okay. Political randover. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. I love that. that was a, that's just that's just a good song. It's just it's just good fucking music, it's right? Because you're not in the drag world, you have no idea how rare that is. Like you have no idea how fortunate we are that she's actually good at this shit. Yeah. So I was debating whether or not I was going to do this to you, but I am. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> just to give you a bit of contrast, I'm going to send you Katia's song that she put out because Katia is not Trixie. Katya is chaos in a bottle. And I would argue this is like kind of taking the piss a little bit, but also is not, not <laughs> accurate for what most drag queens are capable of. Well, can I just say thank you for putting that in my brain? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm noticing, the contrast to Trixie's stuff, is that this is fun. It's campy as hell, but it's not trying to be good. No, not in the the slightest. No, right? She's aware of her abilities. Not trying to be good because she knows she can't be. She went full camp on that one, didn't she? So this segues very nicely into the other thing that I absolutely adore about Miss Mattel is her partnership with Katya. Mm Mm-hmm. So obviously her partnership with Akatia is a big part of Trixie's success. As comedy duos go, they have that perfect amount of banter and bounce between them that is so delightful. I've already shown you a little bit of uh, 
-hmm. I would like to show you some of their show on Netflix. This is... Basically, a review show. This is them watching a makeup show from the UK called Glow Up. There's something I don't know about the British accent that is like, what's clear in this moment is that you are a total piece of shit. It's very apparent here that yeah. you've done nothing. Nothing you've done in your life is any good at all. And that you're destined for suicide. And I would know because I'm Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that is, that is funny. Do we know how much of that is scripted or... Oh, absolutely fucking nothing. Wow. Obviously, they have this great banter. They have this great back and forth. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They've worked together for a while now. It's clear. They know each yeah. other. Wow. And part of the joy of them is over the years, you've seen them become friends. So quite like RRR, where you got to see the friendship happen. Mm -hmm. They were both on season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race, but they weren't friends. Like they didn't have much interaction. Mm -hmm. And then they were cast both in the, and then it was through that that they became friends. Mm -hmm. But they are such different people. Like, as I said, Trixie is the most hardworking woman on the planet. Katya is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who <laughs> chain smokes and has to be bullied into working quite a lot of the time. Something about their dynamic, it makes me really happy. There's so much joy in watching them pull each other up. And also, they're just really fucking funny and really stupid together. <laughs> I can definitely get behind that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That work partnership where you support each other, even if you're very different people. Yeah. I can definitely relate. I think that's amazing. Uh, finding your tribe, finding the people who you can do great shit with, that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And, and they are funny. They are genuinely funny. And then weird stuff comes out of their mouths, but it's not just weird. It's also funny. And that's yeah. great. Another aspect that I think is really interesting about their dynamic is, as you pointed out with the music, Trixie takes it very seriously, mm -hmm. particularly her music is like very genuine and Katya takes absolutely nothing seriously. <laughs> there is nothing in this world Katya takes seriously. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She had an interview with the RuPaul people about her drag closet stuff. Nothing she said was serious. Mm -hmm. Everything was just joke after joke after lie after lie. She'll get invited on to do like these review shows and stuff. And she's just like, work, hunty. Yes, bitch. And she just says gay cliches <laughs> one after another that have no meaning. <laughs> I love the sincerity of Trixie sometimes yeah. versus this like nothing is real. Everything is a lie. <laughs> wow. That, of course, reminds me of the episode we did on Tom Waits who hasn't given a straight interview in 50 years in showbiz. My dad was a carburetor and my mom was an intake manifold. I like that because some people just take showbiz so fucking seriously, right? They have to give themselves up completely and share everything. And yeah. people who can sort of subvert that, I can admire that. I really yeah. can. Yeah. Wow. And, so, and also what's really great about it is it brings out the silliness in Trixie. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I really like about her is that her on her YouTube channel, her on Drag Race, her live performing live, and her with Katya, they're all clearly the same person. They're all clearly very much the same person, but different facets of that person. Right. And I remember the first time I saw her live, I was really surprised because it didn't feel like Trixie to me. It felt like the megastar pop star Trixie, which she was in that moment because it was like a theater sh concert show situation. And she had like this wall. And it felt very performative and it felt very, I am on stage. I have the power. I have the control. Here is 6,000 costume changes that you did not know I could do. And here's all of your favorite songs that I played. 
And it was just really interesting to me to see how that changes versus when she's on her YouTube channel, she's doing the whole YouTube thing where it's very personable. And then with Katya, she's always interrupting Katya and Katya is just like cackling at her. It's just really fun when you have a performer you like so much and that you're so enthusiastic about mm-hmm. to see them in different ways and to see their different facets. Oh, man, I really love Trixie Mattel. Amazing. She's amazing. That's fantastic. The final thing I really like about her is her cosmetics company. Yeah. I do not own any Trixie Cosmetics, and this makes me very, very sad, but my birthday <laughs> comes up in November, just for anyone listening <laughs> who loves me. What would you like from Trixie Cosmetics? What are what some of your... What uh... of the eyeshadow palettes? Any of the yeah. eyeshadow palettes. Okay. Anything with blue in it. I tried her lip glosses as well. Her lip glosses are incredible. Anyways, mm. my friend Colbert has a bunch of Trixie Cosmetics, and I've played with Trixie Cosmetics before. I really like them. They're really pigmented. They're really good. But I also just like the ethos she has, the approach she has to it. As makeup goes, makeup is really fun. It's creative. It's playful. It's stupid. Like putting dumb colors on your face because you want to, because it's joyful, is just so much fun. And I feel like a lot of makeup companies take themselves very seriously. It's all black and matte. All the packaging looks sleek and stylish and cool. I am going to show you some Trixie Cosmetics <laughs> just to show you the packaging because the thing that I like about it is that it looks like how I feel about makeup. I once did a talk for a group of people from Estee Lauder. Oh, really? Yeah, 300 people, 290 women and 10 guys, eight of whom were probably gay. <laughs> and you could clearly tell who were like the mainstream Estee Lauder people who were the Max Factor people. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they were all dressed up and made up. They looked amazing. But you could clearly see who was who and who was into what product line and what they were repping today. That was pretty insane. I put some photos in the doc. Okay, too. question. What the hell? Okay. <laughs> 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 the pinkest things I've ever seen. These are Isn't the pinkest it things. That's amazing. Very cartoonish, Barbie level stuff. This looks like something you'd find in the pinkest aisle of Toys R Us. Okay. Childish, fun, pink aggressively pink (laughs) but here's the thing right makeup is fun and stupid and playful and it's so sad that most of the makeup that i have isn't just like boring black cases with the right writing on it yeah this is so much more exciting this is so much more how i feel about makeup to have quality makeup in stupid packaging so fun it makes perfect sense i guess that makeup is tied into the whole beauty standards and people take that kind of thing very seriously and that's why Mm -hmm. the the packaging has to be so serious. Um, yeah. Also, it's expensive stuff, and you need to know that it's ex- expensive, so it can't look like something from the from aisle at Toys R Us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this this is great, and I love it, and it's weird, <laughs> and it's very pink. She has a huge Barbie doll collection. She loves toys. She's done research into kids' toys, and you can see that reflected in the way that she packages and manages the Trixie Cosmetics brand. Mm. I really like that approach. I think it's stupid. And I, there's something about that pleases me. I just appreciate dumb things that are committed. I love it. If you have a dumb idea and you commit to it 100%, mm-hmm. it makes that dumb idea a great fucking idea. Yeah. You have to commit to these things. If you do it half-assed, like the Katya Ding Dong video, she did not half-ass that dumb idea. She went full in on that dumb oh, idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the same thing here. We are going to make quality makeup in children's packaging, and it's going to look stupid, and that's the idea. That's the goal. I love it when somebody has an idea, a concept that 
actually genuinely is quite a dumb idea, but then they commit to it wholeheartedly and then it just works. I yes. love that. Yes, absolutely. When people commit to their whatever it is, especially when it's dumb. Yes. You know, committing to a good idea is easy. <laughs> <laughs> committing something dumb. Now that's hard. That takes commitment. Yes. I, I can absolutely admire that. That's amazing. Can we talk a little bit about her look? Yes. Trix, Trixie's look. The makeup. In drag, often uh, they're not trying to look at women on the street. Uh, they're yeah. presenting a heightened version of womanhood. Uh, so it, it is huge wigs and huge makeup and like massive eyelashes and that kind of thing. But Trixie has taken this in a slightly different direction. You know what's really funny? Uh-huh. I kind of forgot that she looks that weird. You brought it up now. It's not in my notes. In my notes, I have nothing about yeah, yeah, her yeah. makeup. Okay, so I'm so accustomed to it. I had forgotten. Yeah, you're right. This is a good point. We should talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> how, how would you describe her look? Um, how would she well, describe her look? Her right. eyebrows are on basically past her forehead. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a concept in drag about painting for the back row mm -hmm. of the audience. Trixie often said that she's painting for the place across the street. <laughs> Next city over. <laughs> yeah. Her look, it's huge. It's a giant eye. And because she has so much black eyeliner on, it doesn't look like her eyes are open anymore. Mm -hmm. But the painting around her eyes goes from like the top of her cheeks to the top of her forehead. And she has the most aggressive cut, uh, cheek cut in the world where basically there's a strong brown line across the side of her face no blending uh, no blending here's two no. colors right next to each other sharp yes. line yeah i've done the trixie mattel makeup look just for fun on my own face it doesn't work as well on my face because i have less face you need to have <laughs> quite a lot of face to make the trixie mattel look work i do not have enough face it feels like, at least with a lot of the newer queens that are coming up now, it feels almost like a rite of passage. We all try other drag queens' looks on our face. Because when you do someone else's makeup, like when you copy their look, you learn a lot about why they do what they do. It's like when you're learning how to paint, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that the classic artists do is they'll copy a Van Gogh, they'll copy a, a Degas. Wow. My brain really short-circuited there on any artist names whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that exercise of like you do someone else's makeup. And Trixie is like one of the hardest to do because it's so weird. The lines are huge and big and like you have to get them at the right angle or the makeup looks really sad. Her makeup comes up and out. Yeah. And if you don't get that right angle, you look sad and you look like a, like a really sad puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Did she look like that to begin with when we first saw her? Or is that a look that developed? So it's been refined over the years. On season seven, you can see where she started. Okay, I hate this. This this image is honestly nightmare fuel, but let's go for it. <laughs> That's from the season finale of season seven. Yeah, that is, that is scary. Terrifying. Just the smile alone. Yeah. Wow. But I can see that it, it is a less extreme version of the later looks. And it's also less refined. This is what it looks like on All Stars. So the, the first image is from 2015, second image from yeah. 2018. Yeah, you can see how it developed. Away from a more traditional drag look. Yes. Towards it's, something that is purely her own, I would say. 
And then the final image is this is her now. This is from her latest album that came out like a couple weeks ago. The building blocks have always been there. Mm -hmm. But thank fuck she stopped doing those blue contact lenses. Because those are legitimately horrifying. Yeah. Now it's a much more sleek look. Incidentally, I'm pretty sure the final photo I sent you is photoshopped. Because the line down her nose is straight. Because historically, and if you watch her YouTube channel, you will know... Bitch cannot draw a straight line down her nose. <laughs> it is impossible. Wow. How was that look received to begin with by other drag queens or people in the audience? If you paint yourself to look like that, people assume you're a comedy queen. Mm -hmm. And that was her big struggle in season seven. And one reason she didn't do very well is that she painted like that. And so everyone was like, oh, you're going to be really fucking funny. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of funny. Like, she was a little bit funny, but she didn't, she wasn't as funny as she painted herself to be. Right. Now she's as funny as she paints herself to be. And also she is kind of, I'm going to say deluded, feeling the fantasy. Like, to her, this is beautiful. To her, this is like delicate and features and gorgeous. And like, she feels feminine and beautiful like this. It is a really extreme look, but she's normalized it in her brain and therefore... A lot of her fan base, myself included, also have normalized it. And I don't see it as weird anymore. And I forget it's weird. It's super oh, interesting. Another thing that I forget a lot is I can't tell. Because sometimes when she's singing, she's singing from the perspective of a woman. Mm -hmm. I can't tell if her voice sounds feminine or masculine anymore. Okay. And okay. often I'll play her music for somebody. I'll be like, is this a man singing or is it a woman singing? What do you think? Because to me, it's a woman singing. But then I also realize that. If you just listen to her voice, maybe it sounds like a dude, and I just, I don't know anymore. Huh. I would have said the the two thongs, two thongs, the two thongs you played <laughs> were just great music. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear Lord. In the two songs you, you played me here, I would have gone man in both. Definitely yeah. the country song, mm. uh, but probably also the hello, hello one. I often make this like reference. I don't think gender is real. Gender is a construct. And it's stuff like this, which really reinforces that concept for me. I don't yeah. care what she sounds yeah. like, what she actually looks like. To me, it's a woman. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Makes yeah. perfect sense. So I feel like I've rambled enough about Trixie Mattel. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, Alex, <laughs> is there an aspect of all of the thousand and one things that Trixie does? Is there an aspect of which you're curious about, which you're interested in looking into more? Have I sparked a little of enthusiasm for a crazy drag queen? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She came up in our drag episode. She I knew the name and I've seen like a couple of episodes of... Uh... Uh, that is how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> I have gained a completely newfound appreciation for Trixie Mattel and her work ethic, the sheer breadth of the stuff she can do, her actual musical talent. Uh, some people are just super talented in a lot of different areas, and I hate those people. They're just setting the bar way too high for the rest <laughs> of us, and those people need to gain some chill. <laughs> yeah, no, no chill here. No chill Yeah, here. exactly. No, not a lot of chill. I can definitely admire that. I will be looking up more Trixie Mattel stuff. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have some suggestions, Katie. Where should a person go? Well, why would you Why would you think I'd have that? Because <laughs> I know you by now, Katie. <laughs> so I will pop some links into the doobly-doo. I will put a link to her Spotify. I highly recommend the Pink and Blonde album. I super love that album. It's her latest album. It's got lots of really fun bops on it. 
And then her earlier stuff is a bit more country. If you're into country, go check that out. I will also specifically link to her collaboration with Orville Peck. So if you do like country, they did a cover. And it is honestly, it's one of the songs that made me think, oh, man, I really fucking love country music. <laughs> I've never liked country music before. Um, I'll also put, obviously, a playlist to every single one of the episodes of Uh. Because I feel like that's mandatory watching for this world. Mm -hmm. And I also put a link to the episode Queens Who Like to Watch for people who want to watch Trixie and Katya react to makeup. Because it's just really fucking funny. Anything Trixie is great in my opinion. But I really like her music and her partnership with Katya. So seeking out those things as that's uh and Queens Who Like to Watch are great places to go. If you would like to see them live, they are currently on tour. And I will be seeing them in November, and I'm really fucking excited. I've seen Trixie before. I've never seen Katya before. I'm so hyped to see them together. So if you want to check that out, I'll put a link to where you can find their tour information. If you're intrigued, or if you're already a fan and you want to go and you just forgot to buy tickets, now is the fucking time. I think those are all the things. Those are all the things. So, my dear listeners, what do you think about Miss Trixie Mattel, the skinny legend herself? Do you have any questions or did we leave out something awesome about her? Go to our website or Instagram at Enthusiasm to leave a comment. Katie, do we have a, is there something we need to follow up on from previous episodes? There is. So a couple episodes ago, I don't remember when, we put out a list of our nine enthusiasms and we noted that nine is a deeply unsatisfying number. Mm-hmm. And I finally got around to making a graphic and putting it on our Instagram. And we have a suggestion for the 10th enthusiasmment. Mm-hmm. This is from my friend Andrew Mo back in Hong Kong. His suggestion is, it's okay not to be enthusiastic about something that everyone else is enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Discuss? First of all, thank you. That's a great suggestion. I, of course, agree. I feel like it is covered maybe a little bit by enthusiasm number four, mm-hmm. which is thou shalt not fake enthusiasm. Mm, it could be true. at least covered by that. But I, I completely agree. I mean, if somebody, if other people are raving about, let's say, hypothetically, Game of Thrones, maybe, and you're like, <laughs> that show is dumb and idiotic, makes no sense to me, Mm. then you don't have to pretend to like it. You don't have to be into stuff that other people are into just because they're into it. Absolutely Mm. not. I completely agree. Of course, the the corollary to that would be, but also don't try to diminish their enthusiasm for it just because you don't like a thing. That's don't Uh, yuck someone's yum. Exactly. We've covered this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Except for Game of Thrones. Uh, it's (laughs) It's always okay to shit on Game of Thrones. I will say, though, there is something delicious about not being enthusiastic about something that everyone else is hyped about around you. (laughs) So, for example, I did not watch Squid Game. I'm not going to watch Squid Game. I don't watch Stranger Things. I'm not going to. And there's something very, like, tasty about everyone around you being, like, so crazy about this thing. And they're like, what? How do you not know this thing? And you're like, uh, I just don't watch it. It's great. It's so satisfying. <laughs> I personally aim to be the last person on the planet who has not seen Titanic. Oh, I had to watch it in school. I mean, I think it was because my teacher was hungover. I had to watch it in school. I didn't get out of that. <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah. Teacher is hungover. Let's let's watch three hours of... Yeah, let's not talk. Let's yeah. just sit quietly and be silent. Yes, but there is there is something there is something like nice and classy and elitist. The rabble are into this new thing. I... <laughs> I shall remain above it. 
What do you think, Katie? Should this be a new enthusiasm or are we already covering it with enthusiasm number four, thou shalt not fake enthusiasm? Some of the enthusiasms have subsidiary commentary on them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of this one being a part of Enthusiasm Number 4 as a subsidiary comment. Yes. Because I think it's a really good thing to state explicitly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. We're making it a corollary to Enthusiasm Number 4. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> also, hi. Katie, for this episode's Moment of Meta, I thought we should build on the last two moments of Meta. Two episodes ago, we talked about enthusiasm for hobbies. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about in the previous episode about what if you get paid to do your hobby? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you still stay enthusiastic about it? And you gave some great tips on that. So I want to talk about enthusiasm for the stuff you get paid for work, your job. <laughs> Listeners, I would like to know that Alex's background is being an expert in this current field of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's only what I did for the last 20 years. Talk about <laughs> happiness at work and enthusiasm for your job. And of course, a lot of people are like, there's no such thing work sucks. That's just the way it is. Everybody hates their jobs and there's nothing you can do about it. And that is just, you know, self-evidently not true. There are plenty of people out there who kind of like the work they do. I will acknowledge this. There are also plenty of sucky workplaces and toxic bosses and places you don't want to work. So just very briefly, I think you can be enthusiastic about your job. If you are, it's a very good thing. There's a ton of research that points out that if you like your job, it has a number of good effects for you. It's better for your health. It's better for your relationships, better for your private life, even better for your career. People who like their jobs actually have more career success than those who don't. Yeah. And also hating your job is very bad for you. We know that from a shitload of research. And also from personal experience. Hey, I've been there. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Had a job you hated. What did it do to you to have a job you hated? I just felt really drained. It's the place I spent the most of my time is when I had an office job. And I had a manager who I couldn't please no matter what I did. And so it just felt like fruitless. And it felt like no matter what I did, I was getting in trouble. No matter what I did, I wasn't good enough. And it just drained all hope from me. Yeah. And then what did you do? I quit. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. A lot of people have realized this, but some people haven't realized that it's actually possible to like a job, Mm. have a job you don't actively hate and, and dread going into every single morning. Yeah. So I just want to plant that idea that that that's how it should be and that's how it can be. If you currently hate your job, from the studies I've seen, around twenty to twenty five percent of the adult population do. Quitting is is always an option. I just want to say that right now. I did make an entire hour long video on how to quit your job and why you should do it, <laughs> and I'm going to link to that. And then if you want to look for a job you will actually enjoy, I think the important thing here is that I can't say this clearly enough. It's not about foosball tables and ping pong tables and slides in the office (laughs) and a gym and like smoothies and massages and that kind of crap. Can I just quickly butt in here? So the last office job I had before I became a dancer full time Mm -hmm. was office management for a digital marketing agency where they kept doing shit like that. Yeah. We had a ping pong table. We had yoga. We had like lunchtime massages and we had all of that shit coming in. And yet we still had a ridiculously high turnover because our CEO was a dick. Yes. Yes. Having free breakfast on a Friday doesn't make up for the fact that you're a dick. (laughs) It's almost a slap in the face, right? You know, we have this toxic culture, but here's a smoothie. 
it's never it's never going to make up for it. What you need to look for instead is a workplace. It's a job that'll give you two things: results and relationships. You need a job where you can make a difference, where you can do something you're good at, and also something that'll make a positive difference for someone somewhere. Uh, a job where you're actually making the world a little bit better instead of making the world a little bit worse. All of you people in investment banking, you're in the second camp. <laughs> so a job where you can do something you're good at and you can do something that makes the world a little bit better. That's, you absolutely need that. And the other thing is you need good workplace relationships. You need to be a part of a workplace where you're treated as a human being, where you can have good relationships with your coworkers and even your bosses, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to look for in a job. There's a ton of research on this and, and those are the things that actually make us happy. At the end of the day, like you said, if you have a job, a traditional full-time job, you're going to spend more time there than on anything else in your life over your entire lifetime, excluding sleep. Yeah. So I think it should be something you actually enjoy. If you don't have that, quit and go find it and look for the job with the fanciest perks, but the job where you can actually do great work together with great people. Yeah. Here's why we get a little political. We have created a society where work is not optional. Right. It's not like you can choose to not work. You will have to work in some capacity unless you have very, very, very rich parents. Mm -hmm. You will have to work. And given that work is mandatory, I believe work should be something you enjoy. Imagine creating a society where you have to do this activity and this activity always sucks. That would be so tremendously unfair. Yeah. So I think we need to create enthousi enthusiasm for our jobs. And if you, dear listener, are not waking up most mornings excited to go to work, that's not normal. There's something wrong and you, you should do something about it. What do you think, Katie? I'm obviously biased because I quit the shitty jobs and now I do dance full time. So here's the thing, right? I don't earn a lot of money. It's just a fact. <laughs> I barely get by, but I am happier doing this than anything I've ever done before. I'm better at this than anything I've ever done before. I genuinely love my job. I love teaching dance. I love sharing like these moments with people where I get them to an aha point. And like I speak about teaching dance because that's where my money comes from. I don't earn money performing or competing. I lose money doing that. <laughs> During the pandemic, a lot of people told me to get another job. Dance friends, non-dance friends, my parents, people I look up to, a lot of po people told me to go back. Mm. There's something really difficult about that my whole life everyone has told me find the thing that makes you happy that you can earn money from find that intersection between what you're good at what people will pay you for and what's good for this world and then do that thing and i found it i found my life's calling i'm really fucking stubborn i'm not going back mm -hmm. cannot make me exactly exactly this is why i think i'm biased because like i was extraordinarily fortunate to find the thing that i love really early on like I was still in university when I realized I wanted to be a dance teacher uh, and have this weird adventure life that I've had. And so I've had 10 years of time to like develop this skill set. I know a lot of people who spent their 20s unsure of what they wanted to do in life and like doing shitty jobs because they didn't know what else versus I have had this weird laser point focus on I know what's going to make me happy. I know what I want to do. And so every, every shitty job I've had has always had the motivation behind it that I'm going to quit this one day and be a dancer. I'm going to quit this one day and be a dancer. I'm going to mm -hmm. quit this today and I'm going to be a dancer. Yeah. Even though they were crap jobs, they <laughs> motivated me like nobody's business because yeah. I was just so excited to get out of there and do what I actually knew I wanted to do. And then you did it. And that's the, that's the crucial thing because a lot of people have that dream and then they're like, nah, I'll quit. You know, 
once I get that raise, I'll quit. Or when, when my stock options vest, I'll quit. Or, you know, next year, yeah. my coworkers need me. The company needs me. I'll quit next year. And then they never do. I was very fortunate never. that I had a mentor at the time, Ben Cook, who told me that there is nothing that lights a fire under your ass more than quitting your job. Because mm-hmm. when you have no income sources, then it'll motivate you like crazy yeah. to find work and to make work happen. Exactly. Exactly. Good on you. So, dear listener, quit. <laughs> if you hate your job, seriously, quit it. Go find something better before before your terrible job kills you or kills all your dreams. Which and is also, almost- your job doesn't care about you. No. They don't. They don't. Well, the good workplaces do. So go find yeah. one of those where they actually treat people right. Your shitty job. They don't care about you. They don't give a shit about you. You are eminently replaceable and fireable. And the second it looks good on the balance sheet to get rid of you, they will. Very political. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Enthusiasm for your job. You should be yeah. enthusiastic about your job. If you're not, there's something wrong. Yeah. I love my job. There you go. I want to do it more, though. That's the problem. I need more work. I want to do it more. <laughs> All right, Alex, if somebody enjoyed this episode, which episode do you recommend for them to listen to next? I mean, come on. The drag episode, that's a no-brainer. Definitely yeah. go back and listen to that, where Katie gives like a drag 101, <laughs> what is drag and where did you come from, and talks about her own introduction to doing drag and that kind of thing. That was an amazing episode. Definitely listen to that. We've also got a couple of like good music recommendations as well, like the Tom Waits episode, the Hallelujah episode. Like we got a little bit into music and country music specifically. So those are other great places to go. The Tubular Bells episode. The Tubular Bells episode. Man, that album's fucking weird. Best music ever. It's so weird. It's so weird. It is so weird. Of course, around here, weird is not a bad thing. Weird is a good no, thing. No, it's a highest praise from us is if we call it weird. Weird and dumb. I like those <laughs> things. <laughs> but I argue, quite like Miss Mattel, Two Real Bells committed. Yeah. It, like, it, it's committed to the concept of being what it is. Yes. I don't know what it is, but it is. It, it's very it. <laughs> yes, that was an uncompromising vision there that he actually got to fulfill, which is what makes it awesome. We hope you enjoy sharing some of our enthusiasms in this episode. Please visit our website, electricenthusiasm.com, or find us on Instagram at electricenthusiasm to discover more episodes or to leave a comment. And now, dear listener. headphones on that was so intense (laughs) excellent that was weird i love it